Peace be upon you. So what do you think the proper response should be for people who wish us ill? People who want to see us abandon God and our religion to stop performing our contact prayers, to stop devoting our religion, our life, or death absolutely to God alone. People want to see us fall back into idol worship or to become disbelievers. What should be the proper response towards these people? God gives us the answer in Surah 2 verse 109 through 110 where it reads, Many followers of scripture would rather see you revert to disbelief now that you have believed. This is due to jealousy on their part after the truth has become evident to them. You shall pardon them and leave them alone until God issues his judgment. God is omnipotent. God is telling us the proper response towards these people who wish us ill is to pardon them and leave them alone, to forget about them. They're not important. But it continues in Surah 2 verse 110 where it reads, You shall observe the contact prayer Salat and give the obligatory charity to God. Any good you send forth on behalf of your souls, you'll find it at God. God is seer of everything you do. That the proper response is not only to pardon and leave them alone, but to focus on becoming a better submitter by performing our contact prayer Salat, by giving our obligatory charities to God, and by doing good deeds, we're going to win both in this world and the hereafter. This is a way to get back at anything that bothers us, is to by becoming more righteous and drawing closer to God. God is the solution to all our problems. Anything that bothers us in this world, be it individuals or circumstances, by drawing closer to God, by perfecting our religion, it's going to solve all those problems. There's an expression that reads, don't get mad, get even. <laughs> but what God is telling us is not only don't get mad, but get more righteous. Don't worry about getting even. God's going to take care of the situation. Whatever happens, happens under God's control. But by getting more righteous, by drawing closer to God, you're going to solve every single problem that we ever face. It continues in 1594, uh, where it reads, Therefore, carry out the orders given to you and disregard the idol worshippers. We will spare you the mockers who set up another god beside God. They will surely find out. We know full well that you may be annoyed by their utterances. You shall sing the praises of your Lord and be with the prostrators and worship your Lord in order to attain certainty. God is telling us he knows that we might be annoyed by what people say, people who insult us, they mock us, they, they wish us ill. But God is telling the proper response is to sing God's praises, to be with the prostrators, those who performed their salat, who are devoted to God alone, and to worship God in order to attain certainty. Because if you have certainty in God that God is doing absolutely everything, there's nothing that's ever going to bother you because you know God is in full control. I heard a, a funny story. There was a couple on a boat, and uh, this was in the medieval times, and they uh, hit a storm. And the storm was really bad. And uh, the uh, wife was uh, scared. They, it was concerned about what was going to happen, that they were going to you know, be uh, thrown overboard, uh, that they were going to drown. And the husband, during the whole time, he was smiling, he was laughing. And the wife asked, how are you possibly smiling or laughing during the circumstance? And the husband grabbed his sword and put it towards the neck of the, the wife and said, are you scared? By me having the sword by your neck? And she said, absolutely not. I trust you wholeheartedly. And he says, just like you're not scared from this sword in my hand next to your neck, knowing that I'm in God's presence, that I'm a worshiper of God alone, I know that this storm that we're experiencing is only for my own good. And it's the same thing. God is going to put us in these circumstances that are going to seem scary, that are going to seem uncomfortable. It's going to be annoying. But if we trust in God, we put our trust 100% in God alone, 
We're not going to be worried about any of this because we understand that God, the Lord of the universe, is in full control. So if someone's doing us wrong, the best thing we can do is to get more righteous, to draw closer to God. You think about all that time, energy that people spend trying to get revenge, to trying to get even, uh, how much emotional strain they go after, how much thought process they put in, you know, how much sleep they lose over this, how much productive time is gone because of such an endeavor. And let's say they do get even. So what? They get only of this world. Now, if that time was spent to draw closer to God, to meditate, to uh, sing the praise of their Lord, to be more reverent during their contact prayers, to not let their mind get occupied with such nonsense, they would win both in this world physically, emotionally, but also spiritually. Their soul would be developed and grow stronger, such that these kind of insults and utterances have no effect on them. Now, God tells us in 2.2.45, says, Who would lend God a loan of righteousness to have it repaid to a manifold? God is the one who provides with and withholds, and to him will be returned. God is telling us that if we lend God a loan of righteousness, if we spend our time, our energy, our waking hours to draw closer to God, rather than plotting our revenge, rather than thinking, how can I get even with these people? It's going to do us a lot better because God is going to reward us manifold for every ounce of good we do, every good deed we do, every prayer we say, every time we think about God, we try to draw closer to God. God is going to be compounding the blessings on top of that. Now, you think of this, spending one minute dwelling over how you're going to get even, versus one minute just praising God. Obviously, praising God is going to pay back way more than the time you spent dwelling and being concerned about the utterances of other people. In 2261, it reads, The example of those who spend their monies in the cause of God is that of a grain that produces seven spikes. With a hundred grains in each spike, God is, uh, multiplies this manifold for whomever he wills. God is bounteous, knower. For every penny we spend in the cause of God, God is saying he multiplies that 700 times manifold. So you think every good deed we do, every opportunity we have to draw closer to God, the reward we're going to get from that is going to be so much greater than any vengeance we're going to try to get in this world. And it's up to us. Which one do we choose to do? You know, think about all the time you spend mulling over in our heads about how we were wrong. You know, I can't believe they did that. I can't believe they said that. How am I going to retaliate? If instead we spend that time making ourselves a better person, you know, we're going to win both spiritually and emotionally and mentally, both in this life and in the hereafter. In 1322, it reads, this, They steadfastly persevere in seeking their Lord and observe their contact purse a lot and spread from our provisions to them secretly and publicly and counter evil with good. These have deserved the best abode. Someone does you wrong, the best thing you can do is respond in kind by doing something good. Doesn't mean you have to do something good for that person. You go do something good for yourself. Go give to charity. Go do your uh, salat. Go give your zakat. Go think about God. Go meditate. This is going to do you a lot better than going and trying to get even. Because if you try to get even, again, yeah, you might feel good momentarily. But the long-term investment that you get out of righteous deeds is uncomparable. In 2054, it reads, To these we grant twice the reward because they steadfastly persevered. They countered evil works with good works, and from our provisions to them they give. When they come across vain talk, they disregard it and say, We are responsible for our deeds, and you are responsible for your deeds. Peace be upon you. We do not wish to behave like the ignorant ones. These are the, the, the response of someone who's righteous, someone who believes in God. 
They don't care about what other people say, the insults they throw, the mocking they do, you know, the false understandings they have. They're focused on their own soul, growing and developing their own soul, drawing closer with God, because that's something that's going to be so much more beneficial for them. On the day of judgment, God isn't going to ask them, hey, this person, what did they believe in this matter? You know, why didn't you say something against them mocking you and insulting you? Because God is going to be focusing on what you believe. How do you behave? How do you react? What are your actions? What are your deeds? We're not going to be concerned about the deeds of other people on the day of judgment. In 3134, it reads, Who give to charity during the good times as well as bad times. They're suppressors of anger and partners of the people. God loves the charitable. There's a parable that says, you know, when we hold on anger and resentment, we are holding only hurting ourselves. It's like someone who's holding a hot coal with the intention of throwing it at someone else, but ultimately only getting burned. Now you think about this, the time you're spending plotting and scheming or just like dwelling over what someone uttered against you, some insult or some mockery they've done towards you, who's that hurting? You know, this other person, they're probably watching a movie, not thinking about it, enjoying food. And during this whole time, you're suffering, thinking about this, dwelling about it, having your mind occupied with this thought. You're only hurting yourself. In 2396, it says, Therefore, counter your evil works with goodness. We are fully aware of their claims. Now, God knows how tough this is to counter evil with good. And I don't mean doing good to that person. It means doing good general. In 2397, it continues. It says, Because this is tough, God tells us at these times, to seek refuge in God from Satan the rejected. So say, my Lord, I seek refuge in you from the whispers of the devils, and I seek refuge in you, my Lord, lest they come near me. Three times in the Quran when God tells us to counter evil with good, to respond in kind, that God warns us to seek refuge in God from Satan the rejected. It's because it's at these moments that the devil's going to get in and try to get to us, to try to push our buttons, to get a rise out of us, to have us focus our energy towards retaliating, rather than growing and developing our soul. The other examples in 41.33 were reads, Who can utter better words than one who invites to God, works righteousness, and says, I am one of the submitters. Not equal is the good response and the bad response. You shall resort to the nicest possible response. Thus the one who used to be your enemy may become your best friend. None can attain this except those who steadfastly persevere. None can attain this except those who are extremely fortunate. Now, it's telling us that if we respond with the nicest possible response, that God can transform a circumstance. But is this easy to do? Absolutely not. That's why the following verse in 4136, it reads, When the devil entices you, it says, When the devil whispers an idea to you, you shall seek refuge in God. He is here, the omniscient. Again, we see God is telling us that we should resort to the nicest possible response. That when someone responds in, in a bad way, we turn that into a good response. And if we're able to do this, that it's going to be a huge blessing. But we can only do this with God's help because it's at these moments that the Satan's going to try to get to us. We see another example in 7198. It says, when you invite them to guidance, they do not hear. And you see them looking at you, but they do not see. You shall resort to pardon, advocate tolerance, and disregard the ignorant. So this is what God is telling us. To resort to pardon, advocate tolerance, and disregard the ignorant. But is this easy? Absolutely not. And it continues in 200, when the devil whispers to you any whisper, seek refuge in God. He is here omniscient. Those who are righteous, whenever the devil approaches them with an idea, they, be, uh, they remember whereupon they become seers. Their brethren ceaselessly entice them to go astray. When people are mocking us, they're insulting us, 
they're making bad comments, they're trying to send us astray, give us bad advice. As it says, their brethren ceaselessly entice them to go astray. We need to seek refuge in God. We need to try to respond in kind, in the sense of drawing closer to God. Make our focus, how do we become better submitters? Not to get caught up in the drama and what's going on externally and focus on internally, how can we purify our religion? How do we become more reverent? How do we draw closer to God? We did a whole episode on uh, this next topic, but it's uh, in regards to uh, 4.148, where it says, God does not like the utterance of bad language unless one is treated with gross injustice. God is here, knower. If you work righteousness, either declared or concealed, or pardon a transgression, God is partner omnipotent. So God is telling us that, you know, there's going to be situations, and again, if you look at it in a cross-section, where we're going to face injustice. But God is telling us if you work righteousness, either declared or concealed or pardoned or transgression, that God is partner omnipotent. That if we just let it go, we don't worry about it, we don't dwell over it, we're going to be in a much better situation. And a perfect example of this is Joseph. How many times was Joseph backstabbed, first by his brother, sold into slavery, then by the governor's wife, and then by his prison mate in prison? Yet despite all this, he never let those situations get the best of him. When he was reunited with his brothers, what did he do? He forgave them. Did he come after the governor's wife and really stick it to her by falsely imprisoning him? No, he just wanted to clarify the matter. His own prison mate, when he forgot about God and he asked him to remember him at his Lord, God kept him in prison. Did he blame his prison mate for being in prison for more years? No, he knew this was something that happened on him under accordance of God's will. That it's something that he has to own up to. And this is the reality. If people insult us, they mock us, maybe we deserve it. Maybe it's for our own good. Maybe it's for us to, to, to become more tough out of the situation. Maybe we're, we're too sensitive, and this is a way of God purifying us. In 4146, it reads, Only those who repent, reform, and hold fast to God and devote the religion absolutely to God alone will be counted with the believers. God will bless the believers with a great recompense. And it says, What will God gain from punishing you? If you became appreciative and believed, God is appreciative, omniscient. Meaning everything that happens to us is for our own good. If we abide by God's law, if we trust in God wholeheartedly, 100%, we do everything that God expects from us. In the sense, we do our salat, we give our zakat, we devote our religion 100% to God alone, we lead a righteous life, we believe in the hereafter. What would God gain from punishing us? It means that anything that happens to us at that point, it's for us to learn from. Maybe it's for us to purify our souls, to draw closer to God. And we have to embrace these situations, no matter how difficult they may appear. Now, what I don't want people to have is the false impression that we can't stand up for our rights. For one thing, if someone is physically aggressing against us, God gives us clear authorization that we can stand up for ourselves. God tells us in the Quran that aggression is only permitted against the aggressors, that oppression is worse than murder. And I don't want people to think that because they're being uh, passive, that they're letting these things, um, uh, you know, that they're, it's not causing them to rise, but it's not causing a rise out of them because of weakness, because they're intimidated by the people, but it's by choice. You know, we don't want to turn our shortcomings into virtues. And God tells us in the Quran that um, if we stand up for our rights, we're not doing anything wrong. In 2260, it reads, it is decreed that if one avenges an injustice that was inflicted upon him equitably, then is persecuted because of this, God will surely support him. God is partner forgiving. 
Meaning that we are allowed to stand up for our rights. We are allowed to uh, practice self-defense. It is not, you know, you slap one cheek, I give you the other. No, as submitters, we're, we're courageous. We stand up for ourselves. But we selectively choose which battles we choose to fight. In Surah 8, verse 16, it reads, You shall prepare for them all the power you can muster and all the equipment you can mobilize, that you may frighten the enemies of God, your enemies, as well as others who are not known to you. God knows them. Whatever you spend in the cause of God will be repaid to you generously without the least injustice. If they resort to peace, so shall you. And put your trust in God. God is here, omniscient. God has a system. We don't go to war with feathers. We don't go to war with good intentions in the sense of just hoping that things work out. No, this is wishful thinking. We go prepared. But when it comes to these interactions that we have in our day-to-day, -day, you know, I'm not talking about war. I'm not talking about physical regression. What is the proper response? And we see this in 42.37, where it reads the traits of the believers. It reads, they avoid gross sins and vice, and when angered, they forgive. They respond to their Lord by observing the contact person a lot. Their affairs are decided after due consultation among themselves, and from our provisions to them, they give to charity. And it continues in 42.39, it says, when gross injustice befalls them, they stand up for their rights. Although the just requital for an injustice is an equivalent retribution, those who pardon and maintain righteousness are rewarded by God. He does not love the unjust. Certainly, those who stand up for their rights when injustice befalls them are not committing any error. The wrong ones are those who treat the people unjustly and resort to aggression without provocation. These have incurred a painful retribution. Resorting to patience and forgiveness reflects a true strength of character. God is telling us that, yeah, we can stand up for our rights. But again, if we're not dealing with physical aggression, we're not dealing with people who are physically oppressing us, that we're better off if we resort to patience, that if we focus on becoming a better submitter rather than trying to get even. In 16.125, it continues, it says, You shall invite to the path of your Lord with wisdom and kind enlightenment and debate with them in the best possible manner. Your Lord knows best who has strayed from his path, and he knows best who are the guided ones. And if you punish, you shall inflict an equivalent punishment. But if you resort to patience instead of revenge, it would be better for the patient ones. You shall resort to patience, and your patience is attainable only with God's help. Do not grieve over them, and do not be annoyed by their schemes. God is with those who lead a righteous life, and those who are charitable. So again, God is telling us that, look, we can stand up for our rights. We can uh, seek revenge as long as it's equitable. But if we resort to patience instead of revenge, it would be better for the patient ones. And to not to be annoyed by the mocking, the insults, the utterances of people are wishing that we go astray. That the best response is to pardon them, to be patient, to trust in God, and ultimately to draw closer to God. Because when we seek God's righteousness, when we seek righteousness to become better individuals, it's going to fix all our problems. Anything that bothers us, anything that annoys us can be solved by becoming a better submitter by drawing closer to God, who's the solution to all our problems. In 74.56 reads, They cannot take heed against God's will. He is the source of righteousness. He is the source of forgiveness. So if we want righteousness, we want to take a loan of righteousness from God. He alone is the source. And if we want to solve all our problems, the only way we're going to do that is through God. So God willing, we're going to end there. If you guys got comments or questions, please hit us up at crontalk at gmail.com. And until next time, peace and God bless.